Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Joining us now is the Chief Marketing Officer at Agency Partner Interactive and looking at some companies that have been taking public stances on local government, local laws. We can look at Georgia, for example. Here is Adam Raziri. Thank you so much for coming on to KML. Ryan, thank you so much for having me. So I wonder about this. You're into marketing and you pay attention to what some of these large companies are doing, and I'm sure you've talked to them and the CEOs. And the, Sometimes you hear about the heads of companies that really want to take a stance on some of these social issues, and sometimes they want nothing to do with it because they realize that there's always a backlash either way. So I wanted to ask you about that. What's the mindset that goes into someone that owns a company or a CEO of a major company to come out and make a decision or make no decision to comment on some of these big uh, things that are going on in the country? Man, what is that mindset? You know, the, the words that kind of come to mind for me, total fear. I mean, mm-hmm. total fear. I think these guys just have, frankly, they, they don't know what to do. You know, it's like they're expected to come out with a, with a statement of sorts within about 48 hours or less, largely because social media and 24-hour news keep people just connected into every minute, you know, every, every meal, every thought, every update. Sometimes every burp, depending on the person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we all have those those friends or family members on social media that probably overshare. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, what are these what are these business leaders thinking? I think they're reacting based on fear. They're listening to the inputs of their board members. They are also being subjected to very intense, very targeted marketing. Uh, in, in respect of uh, SB two hundred two coming out of Georgia. The day after SB202 passed, you had about 10 progressive activist groups that pulled together their financial resources and started buying advertisements, purchasing full-page advertisements in newspapers, mm-hmm. really trying to poke at these, at these business leaders, the, you might call them the elites of our country, uh, trying to get them to weigh in to obviously a very politically divisive issue. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the weird thing. 2016, there was a Gallup poll that said 80% of Americans are in favor of voter ID. So 
looking at kind of what we've seen come out of Georgia is a move to not only expand voter access, but doing so concurrently while ensuring the integrity behind each vote. So mm. it, it's strange to me that this is actually such a politically divisive issue when now you have Georgia, a state that is getting a lot of heat, uh, now existing with voter laws that are still less strict than Colorado, a state that Major League Baseball just moved the All-Star game mm. to. So, yeah, I, you know, these, these, these leaders are oftentimes making decisions without really knowing what's actually going on and, and what the, the uh, gravity of certain decisions might be. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just, you know, frustrated that in some ways you can go and look at the law and say that these companies are taking a stance on the side of what is actually not the law. They're taking a stance on what's been lied, you know, so many repeated and lied about so many right. times about what the law is, a misrepresentation of it. And they're standing with this misrepresentation. It frustrates people. And then what happens to some of these companies who just don't want any part of this uh, backlash and they just, you know, they realize, hey, um, you know, I sell burgers or whatever it is. I don't have to comment on every political thing that's out there. And they realize that. And then People go out there on social media and they're upset because the, you know, microwave hot pocket brand isn't mentioning what's going on with the <laughs> with the Senate or whatever. And the same thing, too, as a consumer, I think, you know, do I really care what this ice cream maker believes if what's going on in Georgia? Do I really care that they have some sort of stance on this enough for me to buy or not buy their product? And I look at it and say, it's so silly and stupid. Why would I support that? And I think we got a taste for it probably in athletics when a lot of the different athletes started to take stances and we're thinking to ourselves, man, we go to the games to get away from this sort of thing. We don't want the political messaging in sports. And that's, you know, just like these major CEOs of these major companies, these major sports leagues and franchises are realizing very quickly the same thing's happening to them and will continue to happen to them. Oh, without question, without question. You know, I, I do see this really sad end result for a lot of the small business owners and of course, the, the individual consumers that are impacted by this sort of stuff. Consider this, right? So you have Ed Bastian. We've heard his name a lot in the news this week. He's the CEO of Delta. This guy earns $67,000 per day, mm -hmm. 67 grand a day. He's representing an employee base of about 50,000 people. And a lot of the bigger airlines, about 50,000 employees or so. Mm. But you're talking about a guy... And, and, and he's one of that 120 to 200 CEOs, these business elites that are issuing a lot of these public opinions right now. They represent an employee base that earns on average $35,000 per year. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's frankly ridiculous to say that this one very, very elite member of the, of the, the big enterprises of the world um, that this this guy who lives a daily reality that is so far removed from a majority of his employees, who's probably never even met in some cases, how can he really speak for the diverse thoughts and opinions of everybody that works for him? Mm -hmm. It's just not practical or realistic within the enterprise. So, you know, it, it, it's really interesting to see how some of these big CEOs are trying to take these positions. The result from this, though, you're going to really alienate a lot of the people that work for you you're also going to really alienate a lot of your customers, right? Mm -hmm. So what comes from that? Are you creating a hostile work environment? Are you asking for a boycott? Are you asking for people to think about shopping elsewhere? Typically, a boycott against a big business is not something that people really kind of look at with, with any sort of grain of salt because they don't typically do much. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing today really is sort of a almost a, 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 a need or a 
this just like this special and, and unique motivation for consumers and small businesses alike to really be picky about who they do business with. Uh, small business owners, who am I going to seek out as a vendor to, to support my business? Am I going to go to Amazon or am I going to go elsewhere? Mm. Um, when I fly for, for travel, and am, am I going to hire United Airlines who literally is now hiring pilots based on racial uh, restrictions? They have restricted 2,500 of their 5,000 slots for, for new pilots. They've restricted that now from non-white male applicants. Mm. doesn't matter what your test scores were. doesn't matter you know, what your military background might be. They don't care if you can do a really cool barrel roll in a 747 <laughs> when it matters. They just don't. But, but, I'll be, but here's the thing. When it comes down to business, I mean, hire the best person for the job. Oftentimes you'll find that just hiring the best person for the job will get you a diverse workforce. Um, but, but if you're getting on a plane or if you're a patient and you're about to go under the knife, I want the best person for the job, not someone chosen based on ridiculous politics. Mm, you may be the first guest we've had that mentions a barrel roll on the air, which is <laughs> quite an accomplishment, <laughs> which is good. Adam Razzieri is the Chief Marketing Officer at Agency Partner Interactive. You can find them online, agencypartner.com. And talking about how the different approaches and public stances affect different companies. We'll continue with him right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. I'm Ryan Recker, your host, Ryan Recker Radio on Facebook. It would be great if you were to go give that a like. And you see these big stories come out of states like Georgia, most recently when it came to voter laws and some of the changes that were going on there. And then all of a sudden you see some of these big companies, Major League Baseball being one of them, make a big stance and they got to put their foot down. They can't allow this or can't allow that. Companies take stances on these political issues or these social issues all the time. It alienates a lot of their customer base, and it made me wonder about that. So joining us here is Adam Razzieri. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Agency Partner Interactive, agencypartner.com. Looking at some of these different companies that have decided to take a stance, it's almost a no-win situation for some of them. I'm sure a lot of these CEOs hate the idea that they have to take a stance, but some of them, I'm guessing, are talked into it. They're talked in by the people around them that say, you have to do this. Uh, people are expecting to find out what so-and-so believes, uh, you know, what Stakeums thinks of when it comes to uh, whatever. And you, you think about some of these really uh, off-brand products that, that really have nothing to do with the discussion coming out and taking a hard stance on certain things. Uh, some of them, I'm sure uh, the stances are strategic, but I'm also guessing a lot of these CEOs hate the idea that uh, they're being forced to do this. Well, you're right on. Some hate it and some love it, right? Mm. So th there's a lot of hypocrisy when it comes to, to big corporations. Shocker, right? Like mm. money drives hypocrisy. You have Nike as a company who literally boosted its value by $26 billion after its Kaepernick endorsement. You know, this is a company that since the 1970s has received criticism for the way that they choose to manufacture products, leveraging sweatshops and slave labor uh, to reduce their cost of manufacturing. So, you know, you have that, but then of course the, the NBA, right? They mm -hmm. have Black Lives Matter uh, pasted on their court. This of course is an organization that chooses to do business with a country that is, is, is guilty of, just awful and rampant human rights violations. Mm. So these companies are, are, are making decisions that are very counter to the things that they're actually saying publicly. So they're doing it to, to, to make money, right? To, to, to sell products, to sell jerseys, to, to boost ratings. And, and it's working in some cases. But then to your point, there's also those companies that just really want nothing to do with any of this. Um, 
Sometimes, though, when a company chooses to not take a position, um, depending on, on what that company does from a products or services perspective, they can be subject to absolutely terrible backlash from, from the, the mob. Mm-hmm. Uh, I own a digital marketing agency. And we have a great company with uh, diverse and very talented people. We have a client who was literally canceled for inactivity. She wasn't really the most active on social media as a business owner. She was a solopreneur, right? She didn't have a very big support team around her. She chose to not uh, publish a a certain post on Instagram after the George Floyd uh, death. Mm -hmm. She lost a huge client, basically the biggest uh, source of her business, as a result of not being active on social media in support of the social justice initiatives. So that's a tragic thing for a small business owner that truly, you know, might have an opinion that is in support of um, maybe those who we agree with or don't agree with, but simply by not being outward and, and, and outspoken about kind of what her opinion was, she was subjected to being canceled. And, and being canceled is just a terrible thing if you are a small business owner. And of course, if you are in Atlanta, I mean, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Atlanta, man. I mean, you had <laughs> literally the MLB canceled the All-Star game. You are now subjecting this local economy that really needs the business right now after COVID, after these shutdowns, you're now taking $100 million of business from a small business economy that's 31% black-owned businesses, uh, Atlanta, a city that's 51% African-American. And now you're taking that over to Denver, which I love Denver, don't get me wrong, great city, but it's 76% white. So the decisions that these companies are making just don't match at all the words that they're speaking. And so they're they're making decisions without really knowing what they're doing. Yeah, we had the same thing happen here in St. Louis not that long ago. So we had a pretty pro- high-profile case. We've had Ferguson and other things that go on. And there was a case where a police officer was involved in a uh, shooting on the line of duty. And he was found not guilty. But then later they decide to re-prosecute him. Found not guilty again. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that there's these travel bans that the NAACP decided to put out for St. Louis, which... They put a lot of pressure on these people that were coming in for conventions. So they said, don't travel to St. Louis. Don't do this. Don't do that. And some companies listened to them, and it lost a lot of business, a lot of travel um, in in different uh, conventions and things that were going to be coming into the city because they were taking that advice. And it had nothing to do really with the city. It had more to do with they were just basically going out there and showing their dislike for the court system in St. Louis or whatever it was. Uh, and that's a shame. It's a shame because it it really hurt the city in general. It reminded me of the MLB thing that's going on, uh, really, when it had nothing to do with any of that. And even if they were to come out and give a stance, and we do have some pretty liberal politicians and things that voiced their opinion on these, and it, it really had no factor. Just like in Atlanta with the MLB, you have some pretty liberal politicians and things coming back saying, hey, don't punish our city for something like this. Give me a break with it all. And, um, yeah, it, it happens. There's a, there's a lot of bullying that goes around, and I hate to hear about that, where these companies are being bullied around, and they feel like they have to play this game in order to stay in business. It shouldn't be like that. Oh, yeah. Well, Ryan, that's the real concern, too, when you look at the consistency of this group of about 200 business leaders. You know, who are these people? You're talking about a group that's led by a Yale management professor named Jeffrey Sodersfeld, and it's a collection of people that represent big business, big tech, high finance, university administration, and the most powerful people in government's bureaucracy. So those people combined, all sharing kind of this, this same sort of elitist mentality, when they, when they pick out a target, they're going to go after you, and it's going to hurt. 
And that's not the American way. None of these people were elected to, to be the voice of the people. You know, that's what we have elections for. And so you have these people basically going around the electoral process to, to seize power in some cases, to go after just a huge money grab. Um, and it's, it's hugely detrimental. And the ones that get hurt are the small businesses. And then, of course, the consumers within these local economies. So, you know, I, I think as citizens, we obviously have to take note of what's, of what's happening here. Uh, we have to be, really be critical about where we seek out information, too. We live in a time here in 2021 where the news is not the news, mm. unfortunately, right? We have, to, we have to listen to people that we trust, and we have to fact check. And looking to even some of the, the things that Candace Owens has been hit with, you know, she has been silenced by parts of big tech, really relying on bad misinformation. Their fact checkers are not looking to facts to make decisions about what's what's wrong and what's right yeah and so that's a huge problem that's a, that's a huge problem that i think our society has to has to reconcile um you know moving forward into the year uh, a lot of what we do as consumers has to be sort of motivated by you know our individual decision to kind of take a stand and take back what's ours which is civil liberties and freedom and the 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 agree to disagree, the right to have diverse thoughts and opinions and, and respect for one another. Um, we've lost a lot of that. We're, we're really kind of moving away from the teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. And that's a tragedy. Yeah. We have to really bring that back to, to our daily lives. So Adam Razzieri is the chief marketing officer at Agency Partner Interactive. And I'm curious, you think about big companies like McDonald's, for example. They don't have to make a stance on these things, and no one comes after them. Or Disney. The, the, another good example is there was a story about Emilio Estevez when he was putting his role back for Mighty Ducks, said, hey, we're in uh, Minneapolis. This is where this hockey team is based out of. We should really be taking these stances as part of this Disney program. And Disney said this isn't what a Disney program's about. In fact, we're not out here to make these political statements as part of our programs. And I think Disney was right to say that. So why is it that some companies could take a stand and decide to sit out and nothing happens to them, but some that do try to sit out find themselves punished for it. Why do you think there is that? Um, <laughs> why do you think some are immune to it and some aren't? Yeah. yeah, it's about authenticity. You know, how genuine can an enterprise be when it takes a certain position? How genuine can Coca-Cola be when it encourages its employees to be less white? You know, that that was shocking to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Coca-Cola is a huge company. It's incredibly diverse. There's plenty of white people at Coca-Cola. They really should have just every 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 little mention in their diversity training that had, quote, less white should have just been be less racist. Right. So how do some companies do this so right? And how do some do it so wrong? The thing that makes an enterprise do it wrong, it kind of goes back to Ed Bastian and Delta. Mm -hmm. This guy cannot speak for 50,000 people. He just can't. There's no authenticity there. He might be speaking on behalf of Delta, but then you have half of, it, of Delta's employee base uh, donating to uh, a different political cause, uh, speaking up against what he's saying. Eventually, there's going to be an internal meeting that takes place where an employee finds the, the content of that meeting to be unjust or untrue or just total garbage. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that employee will share a screenshot of what they're experiencing on social media. That'll spread like wildfire. You know, it might be some bad press, right? We saw that with Goodyear last year. So, um, you know, th that's why enterprises can't do this right. It's because there's no way for them to really be authentic about, about the messages and the positions that they're taking, taking, right? So what they can do, though, is they can facilitate and encourage a free and fair democratic process. They can support and protect the opinions and the individual choices that their employees make. 
it's a lot easier for a small business of 20 people to take a position on certain causes. Um, you know, you, you could assume that a group of 20 people are a lot more like-minded than a group of 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you see companies take positions that are in a political or are of a political or social nature, uh, the safest, I would say most practical approach is to be one that takes an opinion or takes a, an approach of mutual respect, mm. right? Allowing your employees to get out there and vote, allowing your employees to have uh, just the ability to contribute to our society as citizens uh, to ultimately use their minds to just make the right decision for themselves. Yeah. You know, I wonder, at least for me, it's exhausting to try to keep up with all this and trying to remember what <laughs> what to use, what to buy, what not to buy. All I think it's like every moment you turn around, there's <laughs> someone else trying to cancel someone else. And how does anyone keep up with this? Mm -hmm. Like, how, how can uh, any one person remember the things that make them angry? Because for me, my memory is pretty short. And I think that might work in the advantage of a lot of these companies because I can't remember the things that I'm like, oh, I'll never buy from them again. And then, you Ooh, know, a butterfly. Uh, yeah. And the next thing you know, a couple of uh, you know months later, you completely forget about it. And you find yourself holding a, that product in your hand. You're like, man, I, why does that product sound familiar? If so people wanted to look you up online and make some bold decisions. Yeah. What's a yeah. good website for them to check it out? Check us out at agencypartner.com. Agencypartner.com. And Adam Raziri, I got to say, it was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for talking about some of the different challenges that CEOs and companies are facing and really uh, people are facing if we look at individual cities that are punished for this, too. Thanks for coming on to Overnight America. Ryan, it was an honor. Thank you, sir. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. This is Overnight America KMOX. He's a partner at Harris Dow Fisher & Young. Brad Young, how are you? Doing great, Ryan. Thank you. So glad to have you back on the show tonight. And with all the news this week about the Supreme Court, we knew that this idea was floated around. Even uh, last week, they started to talk about it. But then you have President Biden talking about putting a commission together to investigate changes in the court system, one of which would be adding Supreme Court justices, uh, packing the court. And there's been a lot of pushback for this because before the election, it was an idea that he really tried to skirt around. He was very nervous to approach this. And President Trump rightfully pointed out if he's not answering it, it means he probably wants to do it. And he's just afraid to say it. So here we are. Part of this commission is to look at adding Supreme Court justices. And I know that you follow the Supreme Court and you're in all these lawyer circles. Generally speaking, what do lawyers think about this move? It's interesting you ask that, Ryan. I've had this conversation with multiple attorneys uh, on the right, on the left, in the center, and some I didn't even know where they are. And pretty much uniformly, everyone I've spoken to has been against this. Hmm. Uh, just because there's a, there's a lot of reasons why this is a bad idea. But, but primarily, keeping the judiciary separate from manipulation by political branches, Ryan, that, that was one of the main reasons... Uh, for the American independence from Great Britain. I mean, even Chief Justice William Rehnquist once described judicial independence as the crown jewel of our system of government. Mm -hmm. And this kind of act of packing the court really turns a, uh, a, an independent judiciary on its head and makes it no different than a political body, just like Congress or the White House. So pretty much most attorneys are against this. Uh, and uh, and there's very good reasons to be against this. There's that one quote from Jonathan Turley, who does a fantastic job analyzing things like this. I really enjoy his take on matters of the law. And he tweeted out uh, some comments and said that um, 
this is nothing short of a hostile takeover. It would reduce the court to a glorified FCC with life tenure. So stacking the court in that way, adding extra justices in order to get the tilt that you want. And if you are uh, a Democrats, I can see why that would be appealing to some of them. A few that were part of that committee. Uh, going out there and singing its praises. What do you think of what Jonathan Turley mentioned about uh, this is this is basically watering the down the court and this is essentially nothing short of a hostile takeover? Sure, because look at this like a chess game. Okay, let's play this three or four moves ahead. If President Biden did this and he packs the court, I think they're talking about adding an additional four justices and it turns it to 13. And then the next time the Republicans come into power, uh, then they add an additional four justices. Well, in a generation, you're going to have like, you know, 47 people on the Supreme Court. And it's truly going to be nothing more than an administrative body. So Jonathan Turley is exactly right. But but getting back to the issue about a lot of times uh, uh, liberals are in favor of this. You know, there's an arch conservative. Maybe you've heard of her. Her name is Justice Ginsburg. You remember her? <laughs> yeah. That arch conservative Justice Ginsburg. I mean, even she said that nine is the best number for the Supreme Court. And she personally opposed court packing because, and I'm, I'm quoting here uh, from one of her writings, because it would undermine the safeguards for judicial independence, which are as great or greater here than any place else in the world, unquote. So even Justice Ginsburg was against this, uh, because that judicial independence, Ryan, is what makes our court system different than Cuba. Mm-hmm. It's what makes it different, different than Venezuela. Okay, and so even if... Even if uh, uh, liberals don't like Justice Amy Coney Barrett or Brett Kavanaugh, they, they can dislike specific justices and how they rule, but their independence is still sacrosanct. I mean, look at David Souter. David Souter was, was appointed by Bush 41 as, as to be an arch-conservative. Well, he turned, he turned left faster than Indy 500 drivers <laughs> uh, on the racetrack, okay? And so, but he was still independent. And that's the beauty of the Supreme Court, and this would destroy literally the entire concept of an independent judiciary. Don't you just love the idea of larger government, too, just continuing to add more and more pieces to the courts? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's just what we need, more government. (laughs) I guess technically speaking, let's say there is a Republican in the White House uh, eventually, and they look at this, could they just slash the number of justices? Could they say, oh, we're just going back to uh, nine and we're just going to arbitrarily cut someone off the court, or is that not even possible? Uh, you know, that's never, ever been proposed. It certainly is possible because the Constitution does not specify the number of Supreme Court justices. That's something that's done by Congress. And the last time Congress tried to tamper with this mm-hmm. uh, was during the FDR administration. When Franklin Roosevelt was president and the Supreme Court would not back his, his big government programs, uh, he threatened to, to pack the court back then. Mm-hmm. And even back then, the Senate Judiciary Committee had a commission, because that's what, that's what politicians do. They create commissions. And even back then, uh, the, the Senate Judiciary Committee commission on this said this was a bad idea for the exact reasons we've talked about. It would destroy the independence of the judiciary. So uh, uniformly, this is a bad idea. Everyone uh, over history has has agreed this is a bad idea, except the current progressives who think it's a great idea because they want to do anything to grab more power and to institute uh, big government programs 
and it's just it's a bad idea. Even Justice Ginsburg agrees it's a bad idea. <laughs> and surprisingly enough, Nancy Pelosi said that this wouldn't actually see uh, a vote on the House floor, which kind of surprised me. I thought that she would be all on board with it after her threats last year. Well, what she said, Ryan, was she said this bill would not come up for a vote because she wants to wait to see what the commission decides. And and I read that as saying in government speak, what that is is I need more cover to back packing the court. And that's what commissions are. They're simply cover for politicians. And so if this blue ribbon panel, and they always call them blue ribbon panel or a task force or, or some other euphemistic name, when that comes out, uh, that would give politicians like Nancy Pelosi cover. Now, the one thing that would have to change, though, is that the Senate would have to eliminate the filibuster rule, because there is no way, there is, it would be impossible to get 60 senators to buy off on this scheme, which is what it is. And so in order to effectuate this scheme, the Senate rules would have to do away with the filibuster, which is one of the reasons why Chuck Schumer is behind changing the filibuster rules so that he would only need 50 votes plus Kamala Harris to get something like this passed. And so watch the filibuster rule very carefully, because that will tell you whether or not this proposal will ever see the light of day. You know, I know you read a lot of news articles. Maybe I missed this one. So... Um, has it been said yet by Chuck Schumer or someone along those lines? It's always someone that's pretty far left that would bring something like this up. The idea that, well, because you don't support dropping the filibuster, it means that uh, you're also not in support of adding to the Supreme Court, which is the fair thing to do. Thus, since you don't want to add to the Supreme Court, you must be a racist. <laughs> Have they drawn that conclusion yet? <laughs> well, I haven't seen it put like an equation, A plus B equals C. But what's interesting is, is that uh, one-time Senator Barack Obama went to the Senate floor the last time this was discussed to do away with the filibuster rule and uh senator then senator obama gave a speech you can you can see it on youtube i watched it last week where he argued passionately that the senate should never do away with the filibuster rule so if that equation that you just articulated is ever articulated that bluntly then apparently the democrats would be calling president obama a racist or they can just look back at when Joe Biden said it, too. I mean, pretty much everyone, uh, when there was some common sense in politics, could all agree on that one thing. But uh, not so much anymore. It seems <laughs> it's difficult to agree on anything anymore. So uh, here we are. A uh, commission is going to study this and come back with their results or whatever it is. This thing that's looming around, uh, not exciting too many Republicans. I think there's a lot of things that Republicans can actually use in their favor when it comes to the next election cycle, because they can just point to some of this and say, man, we told you about all these radical policies. Uh, right before the presidential election, they said, oh, don't worry about court packing. And here we are talking about court packing, all the things that they said you needed to worry about if Donald Trump wasn't in office, that would come true. All of a sudden is, you know, they're doing everything they can for it to come true. So just like when they say impeachment's a mistake because you lose seats that way, I think that all of these other policies that have been implemented, this is a pretty big one. I, I think people understand that messing with the Supreme Court and what is established there is a no-win situation for those trying to tamper with it. No, you're exactly right. And also, don't forget that, that we as a nation, we were sold on President Biden during the election as not being Elizabeth Warren. 
you know, mm-hmm. as not being AOC, as not being a progressive, that he was a mainstream, middle-of-the-road, center-left politician. And so if he, and so far his presidency has proven the opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, the, the goals uh, and his legislative agenda has been far left of what he was when he was a senator. And so that's definitely going to come into play in the midterm elections because we've already seen, like I believe it was the mayor of uh, North Las Vegas, Nevada, who was a Democrat, he suddenly switched to be a Republican because he said, I don't want to be a part of a party of socialists. Mm -hmm. And so he switched parties just last week. Mm -hmm. And I think if we see much more of this, you're going to see a trend of people saying, this is not what I voted for. I did not vote for Elizabeth Warren in a suit uh, which is so far is what we've seen from President Biden is Elizabeth Warren wearing a tie. And that's not what Americans voted for. You know what he would say? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Of course, he would look cool doing it with the shades. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or he would or he would send his dog after me if I said that. I'm not sure which. Oh, but, yeah. No kidding. Uh, uh, but that, but that, is, that is not what Americans voted for. So are you going to make an appearance on Hancock and Kelly this week? Uh, I don't know. I usually get that uh, text message uh, on uh, either late Thursday night or early Friday morning, so <laughs> yes. we'll have to wait and see. And yeah. and uh, But always enjoy being on with Hancock and Kelly. Uh, those guys are great and a lot of fun. Well, we love having you here, and we always get so much uh, great listener feedback whenever you are uh, doing the show. So Brad Young, partner at Harris Style Fisher & Young, thank you so much for coming on tonight to Overnight America. My pleasure. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right. Well, Overnight America is getting ready to go for the rest of the night. It's amazing. How fast these nights can just roll through. We'll have a couple of replay hours after midnight, but I'll be, uh, we'll see how Sunday night rolls out. And you'll have to check back in Sunday night at 11. But listen, just like you, I enjoy my weekend. It is your duty to enjoy your weekend. Find some nice things to do. One quick story I didn't get a chance to talk to at KMOX.com. The Missouri House on Wednesday advanced a proposal to make daylight saving time permanent. And I'll tell you this. Uh, stop teasing me, Missouri. Wouldn't that be nice to have to worry about this? Oh, I got to put the clocks forward, clocks back, clocks forward. Nope. can't. Wouldn't it be nice just not to deal with it? Uh, the change would only kick off in Missouri for when three neighboring states also decide to permanently switch. Arkansas and Tennessee are the only two states bordering Missouri to pass similar legislation thus far. So I guess you'd have to get one more. Federal law prevents states from moving to daylight saving time permanently. So this would take uh, effect only if Congress changes the federal law, which I guess could happen. I think most people are just tired of it. But stop teasing me. Stop it, please. Well, if you want to hang out online, best way to uh, join us on Facebook is Ryan Recker Radio. I'd like for you to just go on, give the page a like. That would be nice. We can always have our conversations there over the next couple of days. I do like seeing those messages as they come in and also on Twitter at Ryan Recker. Otherwise, I think you're going to enjoy the next couple of replay hours where we're going to talk to someone from Australia. Now, keep in mind, when we talked to them, they were live, but they are not live this next hour being the replay. But she was living in Iraq when there was all of the Saddam Hussein stuff going down. And what did she uh, witness in 
How about the uh, spying that went on, too? Real fascinating story coming up next. Have a great weekend. We'll see you. Bye. My heart beats with the lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be We'd be lying in love tonight I wish you'd call me on the telephone I don't has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 